0: Good morning. Thank you for tuning in to Talking News. Our readers today, Bob, Claire, and Max, will bring you local news and happenings from around Belmont. And now on to our news. Six things to know about the Selectmen meeting. The Belmont Board of Selectmen met on October 15th. Here are six things to know about what happened at this meeting. One BHS girls rugby team honored Fleckman honored the Belmont High School girls' varsity rugby team with a proclamation from the town for becoming MIAA, Massachusetts Interscholastic Athletic Association, state champions two years in a row. Undefeated 8-0-0 record in 2018 spring season, defeating Lincoln Sudbury High School 20-10 in the 2018 MIAA Girls Rugby State Championship on June 23rd, 2018. They have now earned the distinction of winning the 2018 Girls Rugby State Championship. They have also won the 2017 MIAA Championship. Two Belmont High School Traffic Working Group update, the selectmen approved three motions requested by the Belmont High School Traffic Working Group on October fifteenth. The first is to engage an engineer to establish a trial formal drop-off lane for high school students on Concord Ave. Second, they would like the town to evaluate School Street from Temple to Godin Street and Godin Street from Concord Ave to Washington Street to think about ways of improving safety for pedestrians and bicyclists through traffic mitigation and improvements. Third, they would like to have the town evaluate Hittinger, Trowbridge, Underwood, and Brighton Street and Concord Ave for traffic mitigation and pedestrian and bicycle safety. Third, assistant town administrator position responsible for recreation. Town administrator Patrice Garvin said she would like to hire an assistant town administrator who will focus 90% of her time on Recreation Department matters, including programming, and the other 10% on assisting her. The position would be housed in the Recreation Department. Garvin said she is still working on the job description and will be recruiting for the position. Currently, the Recreation Department is managed by Public Works Director Jay Marcotte. Garvin said she will be finalizing the job description with Human Resources Director Jessica Porter. The qualifications she is looking for are someone with municipal experience, an advanced degree, who is collaborative and has recreation experience. Four, zero net energy resolution for new high school. The selectmen voted to adopt a glass, excuse me, a class D, zero net energy resolution for the proposed new Grade 7 to 12 Belmont High School. The resolution states they support the Belmont High School Building Committee's Zero Net Energy Ready design, which includes geothermal and rooftop solar support, the town exploring the purchase of RECs to achieve Class D ZNE at the new Grade 7 to 12 school. Five, outdoor seating approved for Stonehearth Pizza. The Selectman approved two outdoor tables for Stonehearth Pizza, 57 Leonard Street, Belmont. And finally, six, donation for crosswalk signs. The Selectman accepted a donation from Belmont residents who live near the Bradford Development to fund a crosswalk sign at the intersection of Trapello and Williston Road. And now to my friend Claire.
1: Thank you, Bob. Selectman Adam Dash found World War I artifacts belonging to a Belmont man by Joanna K. Zuvellis. Selectman Chairman Adam Dash, who enjoys collecting historic Belmont photos and memorabilia in his spare time, came across something online at a military antique store in Arizona recently, which he thought would be a great addition to the Belmont Historical Society's World War I artifacts. Dash found items which belonged to Private Leroy Roy Mann, who lived at 87 Beach Street, Belmont. Mann served with the 151st Field Artillery Brigade in World War I and fought in the Battle of St. Mihaly. He was drafted on October 4th, 1917 and discharged April 30th, 1919. His house still stands today. The items include photos of man and his family, two battlefield photographs of man, a postcard from the ship he sailed on, a theater pass and postcards from France where he was deployed. Dash said the main thing that drew his attention to the collection was the original program of Belmont's celebration for World War I veterans, held on July Fourth, 1919, all day, all over town. It features a list of the people who died in the war from Belmont, photographs of the men, everyone in town who served in the war, including auxiliaries, all the people from Belmont who won medals, and the medals they were rewarded, the program for the day, the selectmen, and the committee that put together the event. The program began with church bells ringing, a national salute, a band concert at Town Field, dancing at Town Hall exclusively for those who were in the service, and an athletic contest at Town Field with running races, bicycle races, and a baseball game. With the centennial of the war coming up, when I saw it online, I wanted to make sure we got it and not some other World War One collector somewhere else in the world, said Dash. Len Kondratiuk, Director of History for the National Guard and Chairman of the Massachusetts World War One Commission, said 500 men and women from Belmont served in World War One. This is one of the few personal accounts that we have of a Belmont soldier in the war. There's photographs some postcards, other memorabilia, paper, ephemera, and it's great that it's coming back to Belmont after 100 years, uh, said Kondratiuk. Victoria Haas, curator of the Belmont Historical Society, said they have a wealth of information in the archives related to World War I, and this donation will be the centerpiece of their upcoming displays for the commemoration, 100th year commemoration. She said they are planning to have displays that feature not only the men and women who served, but to also tell about what was happening in Belmont and ways that people in the community participated through canning, buying war bonds, victory gardens, family life, and home life. It's great to be able to include first-hand accounts like this as part of our collection, especially of this age. To be adding to our collection on this anniversary, a commemorative year, is really fantastic because it's rare that these things would even be kept and held aside and preserved, said Haas. Sometimes families dispose of items after veterans pass away, she said. And now over to Max.
2: Thank you, Claire. Retail marijuana zoning approved. Planning Board OKs Retail Marijuana Zoning on South Pleasant Street, by Joanna K. Zovellis. After eight meetings and three public hearings, several letters and emails, the Planning Board voted on the zoning regulations for retail marijuana in Belmont, which will be on the warrant for the special town meeting November 13th, 14th, and 15th. The location where two potential retail marijuana stores will be allowed to open will be South Pleasant Street, from the intersection of Trapello Road to just before the intersection of Clark Street and Snake Hill Road, where the Subaru dealership and many other businesses are currently located. Previous planning board hearings saw residents voicing their support as well as their concerns about the other zone the board was considering. That zone was the intersection of Blanchard Road and Hittinger, Flanders, and Brighton Streets, where the Loading Dock and Damnation Alley Distillery are located. Many residents felt it was too close to Belmont High School. At the October 2nd hearing, Planning Board Vice Chairman Steve Pinkerton expressed his concern about not allowing reasonable opportunities for there to be a marijuana business to be located, which is required by the Cannabis Control Commission. I'm concerned we're going to get a lawsuit, and I don't want to expose the town of Belmont to a lawsuit, saying that we've been unduly restrictive, he said. After the October 2nd hearing, Planning Board Chairman Charles Clark said they sought guidance from the town council, from town council George Hall about whether or not the zoning for two retail marijuana stores would need to be two districts or one, based on what the Cannabis Control Commission's requirements were. Clark read an email from Hall who said he does not think it makes the bylaw vulnerable to a successful challenge. I think the courts will require marijuana establishments to compete in the same way that any other marijuana business would be required to compete, wrote Hall. If a town has what seems to be sufficient area, then marijuana establishment zones can be defined within one zoning district and not two, said Clark. Where Belmont has very limited land area zoned for business and relatively low turnover among the businesses within those districts, It does not mean that the planning board has to account for the difficulty a marijuana establishment may have in buying or leasing a site, wrote Hall. Clark said his concern about the loading dock area was that it is a much smaller area, and his concern was that the board may have been spot zoning there, and there is probably one establishment that would have a more likely chance than another to be entitled by this. South Pleasant Street is approximately 0.6 miles long. Pinkerton said he wasn't sure South Pleasant would be big enough to be zoned for two stores. However, he said the planning department received information from a Belmont resident who provided a map of marijuana retail stores in Colorado. More than 50% of the marijuana stores are located within half a mile of each other. Shops tend to cluster, he said. Pinkerton added how he was also concerned about how competitive Two marijuana stores on one street could be, but then he realized banks, which have (laughs) similar storefronts as marijuana stores, apparently, are also five in an eighth of a mile strip on Leonard Street. I don't know, from a planning perspective, if this is the best thing. I think it would be nice to have more than one zone, and I don't agree with a lot of the uh, the arguments against (laughs) doing it, including Brighton Street in this mix but I see the political sensitivity of it and recognize that we probably do have enough room on Pleasant Street, and for now, it seems to be, let's restrict it to that and move along, and in five years, we can revisit this issue if there's a need. Planning Board members Edmund Starzek and Thayer Donham also said they did not think it was the best decision from a planning perspective, but agreed to limit it to the South Pleasant Street zone. We are doing the bare minimum to satisfy the regulation. I think it's not good planning to limit it to one area, said Donham. She said many surrounding towns like Cambridge are proposing all retail and industrial zones for retail marijuana and, and want 1,800 feet between businesses with buffers around them. They see this as an economic development opportunity, she said. Carl Hagland also agreed on the South Pleasant Street zone. At the beginning of the hearing, Clark told the audience they wanted to listen to concerns before making a decision. Let me assure you, the planning board is open and transparent, and our interests are the interests of the town in general. They are not the interests of any special interest group or not, said Charles Clark, planning board chairman. Over to you, Bob. Thank you, Max. Police to
0: participate in No Shave November. The Belmont Police Department will participate in the No Shave November campaign in support of Home Base, a Red Sox Foundation and Massachusetts General Hospital program. Traditionally, police department grooming policies require officers to remain clean-shaven. However, for the month of November, officers from across the region will be permitted to grow beards and goatees when they donate or fundraise $100 for Home Base and support its mission to help veterans and military families heal from injuries such as post-traumatic stress and traumatic brain injury, regardless of their financial means or discharge status. The No Shave November movement is spearheaded by MBTA transit officer, Army veteran, and Purple Hot recipient Kurt Power, who sought care at home base. The only wish I have is that we give the gift of hope to all the veterans who don't believe reintegration is possible, said Power. Hope to the approximately 20 veterans a day that may give up tomorrow. If I can convince just one person who needs help to listen to me and put their trust in the treatment at home base, this will all be worth it. Power and his fellow first responders at the Belmont Police Department will not only help raise money for Homebase, a program that is widely recognized for changing the lives of veterans and their families, but raise awareness and break the stigma associated with mental health care. I am proud of our officers for supporting this incredible cause, says Belmont Chief of Police Richard J. McLaughlin. Homebase provides essential services to veterans and we are honored to continue to help fulfill its mission. To date, the First Responder No Shave November campaign has raised over $200,000 for home base. The Belmont Police Department is asking community members, business owners, family, and friends to join the cause and donate. And now to clear.
1: Thank you, Bob. MCAS results are in. Butler-Earns School of Recognition by Joanna K. Zavellas. Assistant Superintendent Janice Darius presented the 2018 accountability data for Belmont Public Schools from the Department of Elementary and Secondary Education, DESC, at the October 9 school committee meeting. The data includes MCAS achievement and growth, as well as other measures. According to Darius, Belmont students continue to do very well on the MCAS, with results ranging from 86th percentile for Belmont High School to 98th percentile for Burbank Elementary School, which means Belmont students perform better than 86 to 98 percent of all other schools in the state. Belmont Public Schools have been classified as not requiring assistance or intervention, according to Darius. Butler Elementary School has also been designated by DESE as a School of Recognition based on high achievement, high growth, and exceeding targets. Only 52 schools in the state received this recognition, said Darius. This is not the first time Butler has made headlines academically. In 2016, the Butler School was recognized as a national blue-ribbon school for being in an exemplary, high-performing school. There are currently two versions of the MCAS, which Darius refers to as Legacy, and Next Generation. The Next Generation MCAS was developed by the state and is based on the results of PARCC, a test which was administered to Belmont students two years ago. According to Superintendent John Phelan, in his October newsletter to parents, DESE, has stated in the past, that the next generation MCAS is more rigorous than the legacy MCAS test, and the standards for achievement levels are also higher, which may result in a change in a student's achievement level. Belmont High School students are still taking the legacy MCAS in the spring Grade 10 will take the next-generation ELA and math MCAS. In spring 2019, all students will take the MCAS on computers for English, Language, Arts, and Math. All grades, and for science, grades 5 and 8. The only grade that will still take a paper test is grade 9, Science. Overall, our students continue to demonstrate strong achievement and growth on the MCAS, assessments, and our English learners are meeting state targets for achieving proficiency. This is a result of rigorous curricula aligned with state standards and effective instruction, wrote Darius in a memorandum reporting on the accountability data to Superintendent John Phelan on October 2nd. Now over to Max.
2: Thanks, Claire. Belmont Light looks to introduce town-owned broadband internet by Lexi Peary. Just four months into his new position as Belmont Light General Manager, Chris Roy is looking to change the way Belmont residents get their internet. The change would allow the town to offer broadband internet for Belmont residents as soon as five years from now. For Roy, it's all about keeping services local. Roy spent a number of years working at Eversource, a privately owned power company, and sees the pros of keeping utilities owned by local government. With investor-owned services, the goal is driven by shareholder values in return, Roy said. The public power model regulated by local, locally elected or appointed officials, we are in the city and town, we, we answer to people who live up the street, is a whole other level of accountability. To Roy, broadband internet is the next step in municipally-owned utilities. With net neutrality and the potential for chart for changing policies based on changing administrations, Roy said municipal-owned internet services will offer a respite for residents. Despite the presence of two corporate internet options in Belmont, Comcast with Xfinity and Verizon with Fios, Roy knows what the process is like to bring municipal-owned broadband internet to a town. Just about 10 miles west on Route 2, Roy spent several years implementing broadband Internet service in Concord. Now over to you, Bob. Thank you, Max.
0: Belmont World Film to hold film screenings. Belmont World Film will hold two film screenings to celebrate the 100th anniversary of Czech independence. At 7.30 p.m. October 29th and November 5th, at Studio Cinema, 376 Trapello Road, Belmont. The New England premiere of Ice Mother will be screened at 7.30 p.m. October 29th. The film, directed by Bowdoin Slama, this year's Czech entry for the Academy Awards Best Foreign Language Film Category. The film is 106 minutes and is filmed in Czech with subtitles available. The New England premiere of Family Friend will be screened at 7.30 p.m. November 5th. The film, directed by Jan H. is set in the 1940s during the German occupation. The film is 130 minutes and is filmed in Czech and Polish, with subtitles available. Belmont World Film recently received a $2,500 project grant from the Mass Cultural Council. This one-year grant will help fund the 16th Annual Family Festival that runs January 18th through the 21st, 2019 at the ABC's of Boston, Arlington Regent Theater at 7 Medford Street, Arlington, Belmont Studio Cinema at 376 Trapello Road, and the Brattle Theater at 40 Brattle Street, Cambridge. And now to Claire.
1: Thank you. Beach Street Center to hold a craft fair. Mark your calendars for the 2018 Beach Street Center craft fair, which will be held from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. November 17th at the Beach Street Center, 266 Beach Street, Belmont. Over 47 artisans will display and sell their crafts, including a wide variety of handmade jewelry greeting cards, knit items such as scarves and sweaters, quilts, photography, pottery, soaps and candles, holiday ornaments and decorations and other handmade items. A raffle will be held with items donated by each of the crafters and you could be a winner. There will also be a fabulous bake sale with homemade breads, pies, cookies, brownies and other goodies. A light lunch and refreshments will be available for purchase. The craft fair is open to the public. Donation at the door is $1. Children younger than 12 are free. Parking is free in the center's parking lot and on the street. This is a fun time for those of all ages in the Belmont community and other local communities to do some early holiday shopping and support local craftspeople. Please tell your friends and plan to attend. This event is sponsored by the Friends of the Belmont Council on Aging. The proceeds help with programs at the Beach Street Center. Now here's Max.
2: Thanks, Claire. Voters have one additional question to answer on November 6th. This is the actual ballot question, which is why it's all one sentence. (laughs) Shall the town of Belmont be allowed to exempt from the provisions of the so-called Proposition 2 and 1 half The amounts required to pay for the bonds issued in order to pay for costs of designing, demolishing, reconstructing, originally equipping and furnishing the Belmont High School located at 221 Concord Ave, Belmont, relocating and reconstructing the playing fields, and renovating the current pool, field house, and portions of the high school that will remain to accommodate grades 7 through 12, including constructing an addition and all costs incidental or related thereto yes or no. And back to you, Bob. Thank you.
0: And that's it for our local news section for Talking News. You can tune in again next week for another edition. Good.